I'm John. And I'm Jason. And this is Digital Divination on the No Direction Network. And we're back for episode 75. We made the uh, silver number, whatever it is, and get all the yeah. rewards and uh, yeah, <laughs> nothing. <laughs> but we're there, yeah. you know, that that uh, that that just kind of shows there's been about um, three years worth of episodes. You know, that's kind of what 75 indicates. And yeah. I think we're close to 20, you and I doing it. So yeah, it's that's it's gone by so fast. So I feel like we're still getting to know each other. That's fair. I mean, yeah, it's 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 fair because I feel like I have not been doing much of anything in the past, whatever it is, six months. It's flown by weirdly mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's been going by. I, I'm trying to think. For me, I, I think in um, school seasons, you know, mm-hmm. so... Yeah. I'm now uh, four weeks into the winter quarter here, so it's, I'm just getting over Christmas stuff, you know, the holiday season, and then before that, I had a busy fall season. Then I had the whole summer season off, so it's like right, now yeah. I'm just getting over the past. I'm looking forward to the next summer already, so <laughs> that, sure, that's kind of yeah. how, how my stuff's going, um, but uh, no, things are things are interesting now um how are things with you sure are i I tend to think i guess more on like freelance assignment chunks uh, Ah, started to over the past few years and i haven't had one of those in all this time really well uh, maybe more like four months or something like that so i haven't really had anything to focus myself Mm -hmm. in Mm -hmm. a lot of ways well i've been really focused i got i mentioned before i got a freelance assignment in december in my um the milestone is due a week from uh, Monday, so the 30th. So we're recording on mm-hmm. Sunday. And I was just thinking before we're coming up here, I'm done with I'm done with the entire thing. I mean, I have Great. all the word count. I have a custom map already written up. I have all my art notes. I, I have everything done. And I'm thinking, mm-hmm. I think I'm going to turn it in tomorrow. I'm going to turn it in just send a them. week before the milestone because otherwise I'm just going to like fiddle with it a little bit, you know, in the next week, but not make any major changes. And I'd much rather get uh, feedback on the whole thing and say, hey, this is what I want you to do rather than, you know, I I mean, I can keep trying to make little tweaks, but whatever feedback I'm going to get, I'm still going to get it, you know, I'm still going to have to make changes. So that's kind of what I'm thinking about. But I was really excited about this thing. It just went so fast. In fact, I spent most of this weekend cutting word count. Oh, yeah. I was about... uh, 2000 words over. And so mm-hmm. I was consolidating and, and doing some things. I had a, a, a play test of it. So incorporating the feedback in that to, to do things. Okay. And, um, and then I, I also spent, um, all of, uh, Friday formatting it. So putting it in the, all the proper sure. formatting. So I'm mm-hmm. trying to make it as finished of a product as I can, um, ahead of time for the, for the milestone so that I can get feedback on 
how I can do it better, basically, you know, so trying yeah, my best great. for what I know. But it's been really exciting for me. And um, I'm kind of, I'm like, man, this is, this one's kind of petering to an end. Because even with feedback, it's not going to take much to re- rewrite it. Yeah. I'm ready for another one. <laughs> you know, I'm right. ready for more. I mean, that's... So, that's the way it works a lot yeah. of times. You just kind of yeah. like get the next one and get the next one and you get yourself on a roll. But then when you give yourself a break or, or you know, peter out or focus on something else and don't seek out those assignments, you can find that you're like, oh, no, I don't know what I'm doing <laughs> with right. myself and just sort of like putter around for a while. But mm-hmm. also that's fine. It's good to have that self-care moments where you're yeah. taking a break. Well, I had a big break over over the holidays i i had off mm-hmm. from basically mid thanksgiving uh, mid november until the first week of december and so that's one reason why i could crank out a whole yeah. bunch and then now at the start of my term it's pretty light so it's easy to to do finishing mm-hmm. stuff um so i'm just like i'm revved up ready to go for more <laughs> at this point and go so i'm it. thinking you know i'll do my usual thing where i'll i'll email developers and say hey i just finished up this cool thing and uh, I'm ready for more. I, I kind of do that every three months or so. Mm-hmm. And then um, I'm also thinking if I don't get anything, I might start something for uh, Infinite, Starfinder Infinite. Great. So, yeah, yeah I have a, I have an idea, um, but I'm not sure. It'll take some time. So that's, that's something sure. else. But also one of the things that's um, kind of giving me pause, and mm-hmm. I actually want to change direction here and what we're going to talk about today um, originally, we were going to talk about cool planets and how to develop them, but we've had a lot of discussion uh, about a new OGL coming out in light of what's right. been happening yeah. with Wizards of the Coast. So um, it's ORC, which is, what does ORC stand for? I believe so, it is just the Open uh, Role Playing Creative License, something like yeah. that. I actually think it's open role-playing game creative license, but they just kind of ignore the G or something. Yeah, something, yeah, but, fair enough. But, but that's where it's coming from, right? So it's, you know, yeah. ORC. And obviously to, to have a, a cool acronym that's kind of related to role-playing games and stuff. Um, and so there's a lot of noise going around about the OGL. And, and I'm actually not going to – I don't want to get into that part of it, what Wizards is doing and how bad it is, because there's a lot being talked <laughs> about that already. Sure, yeah, what you I'm, can find any number of YouTube videos or podcasts or whatever. Go ahead. Oh and yeah, and, seek and in that fact, out, but... yeah, Roll for Combat posted a pretty recent compilation from somebody else uh, talking about a lot of that. Um, what I actually want to get into is kind of the implications of Orc, the new OGL that uh, Paizo is offering to Spearhead with their lawyers, um, and kind of put together and then give it to a um, not not profit, not for profit entity that's going to manage it over time, uh, similar to other ones that we see in the software industry. Um, you know, there's some 1,500 plus organizations from large to small that have agreed to be on board with ORC. And that's, that's no small thing. I mean, there's some that have very different type of systems than, than what Paizo's using. Um, that are agreeing to come under this new uh, OGL. And I guess what I'm wondering is, first of all, uh, what implications there might be for Starfinder with Paizo? Yeah. And then overall, for all these game systems, how how connected they may 
be over time. Sure. I mean, look, I've been following this, not like super close, but I, it's, you know, it has nothing to do with me professionally at the moment, but it is right. about the industry. And so, uh, I've been keeping a little bit of rest of it and, um, uh, but I'm not, I wouldn't consider myself an expert. I'm, you know, I don't want to <laughs> speak for sure. John here. He can say whatever he wants about, uh, but, uh, uh, just to sort of start, start that with a sort of grain of salt. Yeah, you know, we can talk about this and what I kind of understand what the orc in and all that are, are about. Uh, sure. But, you know, you out there, listeners, if anything I say is completely wrong, that's probably why. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, neither of us are uh, uh, intellectual property experts. Um, yeah. We're more people that use systems put in place by folks that are experts. And, sure. and I, I guess I'm... The, the two points I want to look at, one is uh, how does something like that gets developed and what what that might look like? And, and the other part is the implications it'll have for the games that we are currently playing that will have to shift from the OGL uh, 1.0A to ORC. Um, now, you were on board uh, at with Paizo at the tail end of the development of Starfinder, or were you there the whole time? Um, well, I mean, I, I was there before Starfinder was a thing. Okay. Right. I, I got hired as an editor before Starfinder was a thing. And then I kind of moved mm -hmm. over to the second, I would call it the second half of the development of Starfinder from mm -hmm. an editor position over to a developer position, um, at that point. And then it was for most of that kind of an in between entity doing some editing and doing some, some stuff. So I did, you know, help out with the core rule book. Uh, a lot of the systems were kind of in place at that point, um, mainly because they were essentially, you know, 3.5 slash Pathfinder systems right? Uh, to begin with, right. just sort of tweaked here and there to fit the genre and whatnot and things mm -hmm. that, you know, some math changes and whatnot. So classes, new classes were made and all that. I sort of came in on the tail end of that, but the, um, uh, uh I did work on several of the chapters and, uh, every book kind of like. Maybe the core books that kind of came after that. I worked on the Alien Archive. I worked on the Pack Worlds. Uh, first couple adventure paths, basically, um, either writing for it or or doing development work. Mm -hmm. And you were there while Second Edition was being developed as well, correct? Yeah, of course. Yeah, that was happening yeah. was it... concurrently, basically, right. essentially. Right. But That's my really... understanding. Is yeah, yeah, yeah. It didn't really yeah. ramp up until Starfinder was pretty much sort of. Down back to myself and Owen Casey Stevens and and Rob McCreary and Amanda uh, at mm -hmm. the time um, and uh, sort of given to him and Sutter I Sutter was there still uh, James Sutter so you know sort of given over to us and we sort of took it from there and I think they went back to the I wouldn't say that the drawing board or anything but it was just sort of whatever they were working on they sort of focused back on that of course right still of course making some you know I think uh, you know Ultimate Wilderness kind of came out around that same time uh, Best Jerry Six. I think even mm -hmm. came out around that time, and those were sort of being worked on by, uh, by the design team and others, uh, kind of uh, simultaneously, uh, mm -hmm. along simultaneously with um, the, uh, the 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 foundation of what would become Second Edition Pathfinder. Right now, the reason why I ask these two questions is that the systems themselves are distinctly different, and you kind of alluded to this already. That Starfinder is very much kind of based on the the framework of 3.5 and first edition mm -hmm. second edition is kind of a 
is a different animal, right? It uses different game mechanics and uh, things a, like that. It's kind of an evolution, I would say, right? Uh, more than it is kind of a completely different animal. It's it. There's leaps. In, you can see thoughts about Pathfinder Second Edition in Starfinder. Mm-hmm. Um, for instance, uh, the moment that springs to mind immediately is Starfinder's magic missile spell, which says right. if you don't move, you get an extra missile, which is kind of like how Magic Missile works in Second Edition, where you can take a different number of right. actions to cast a different number of sort of more and more missiles as you as you as you magic them up. So it's clear that the uh, design team, who uh, which still was still at the time the the, the same group that uh, essentially are uh, uh, listed on the cover of Pathfinder Second Edition, Mark Seifter, Logan Bonner, uh, Stephen uh, McRandy Farland, and and of course Jason Bullman, um, were had some stuff in mind, right? They had some mm-hmm. stuff, thoughts in mind about how second edition might eventually work. And they were path. Uh, Starfinder kind of is a testing ground a little bit, you know, a little uh, bit of, so, right. uh, 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 but, um, to, to the point where I think you've seen them makes Starfinder slightly, we wanted them to be pe- compatible. We wanted Starfinder to be compatible with first edition Pathfinder, but it also kind of isn't, it needs, it's just sort of like, you got to If you want to take anything from first edition Pathfinder, you got to tweak it ever mm-hmm. so slightly to sort of match things up, especially monster stat box, for instance, you know, there's right. different kinds of armor class and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Well, the, and the reason why I bring these things up is kind of, I'm thinking about the development side of things. Mm-hmm. So um, it looks to me that Starfinder was still tied more closely to the original OGL. Well, yes. Yeah. It is. OGL 1.0 I mean, A. Yeah. Whereas, Pathfinder Second Edition was making some very intentional changes mm-hmm. away from the specifics of that OGL. Is it? Would you think that's essentially? That- I mean, that. So we're kind of talking about two things here: yes. the OGL and the system reference document. Right. The uh, okay. original sort of SRD, which is you have to sort of say you're quoting in the OGL. This is the system reference document I'm using, and you can see that if you look at an OGL, and I. And and for some reason I don't I didn't think to grab any of my books to sort of look in the back of it. But you'll see that there is you know um, a, a reference to um, it's just a system reference document I think, and it you know says mm, by okay whoever okay. It was that wrote that essentially. Um, and those are the sort of basics that sort of we could use as a shorthand, even though we were writing all of the rules. You know, like Starfinder, you mm. don't need to look at anything else to play Starfinder except the core rulebook, right? You right. don't need to go to any other things. Whereas, like, uh, uh, you know, a a supplement for third three point five or a Pathfinder, since it's you know, it does say system reference document, but it also refers to the core rule book, uh, mm-hmm. of, say mm-hmm. Pathfinder first edition, which you would need to play. You know, take a, a, a ultimate campaign and use it. You can't just take ultimate campaign and and put, run a game with it, right? It's, right. It doesn't have the right. the core system in it. Um. So yes, uh, uh, those are sort of from what I understand, sort of like the putting this sort of system reference document notation in the SR in the OGL is sort of just the the covering your bases sort of stuff because it is uh, uh, we're not you you don't need the stuff but which we're talking about reflex will you know willpower fortitude saving throws those are sort of the same thing they have been from three point five on yeah three on yeah third edition on um so. You know, it's because that skeleton, that, that sort of those bones of it are there. I think that's why it was used. And it just sort of makes it convenient 
for uh uh if you made it convenient for Paizo to just be like, this is what we're doing, it's sort of related. We have our bases covered legally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, and the reason why I bring this up is kind of in reference to how work on Orc mm-hmm. is probably what it might look like and how it might be different from the development done on Starfinder and second edition. So Jason Bowman uh, posted a couple of days ago on Facebook how he's very excited. It's like the first time he said in seven years, he's kind of worked on something new like this. Mm-hmm. And so uh, to me, that timing was, oh, he's referring back to Starfinder in second edition is the last times he developed a new system. Um, somebody asked uh, Jason, I'm sorry, uh, Eric Mona, uh, does this mean that we might see a Starfinder 2.0? And he didn't answer that directly, but just kind of yeah. cryptically said, oh, yeah, we're always looking to to make changes to things. So uh, taken together, I'm guessing uh, Paizo folks, are, and I haven't talked to anybody there directly about this, um, that they are actively working on revising uh, Pathfinder 2nd Edition. Uh, I don't know if it'll be 3rd Edition then. And Starfinder so that they will work under ORC. And you alluded to an SRD. Right. Does that mean they will have to move completely away from that and create all that from scratch as well? Not 100%. So what I'm sure Paizo's people, the lawyers and, and, and other people who know more about this, kind of would need to do, and I, and I think it doesn't actually need to be that much, because... From what I understand about intellectual property stuff is that, like, um, I mean, you, you'll hear this all over the internet, all of this, is you can't copyright game mechanics. Right. No one owns rolling a d20 and adding a number to it. It's how the expression of that mechanic is, is presented. And so if you copy the text of whatever is in you know, Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition um, or Pathfinder 1st edition and copy that sort of over word for word and put it in your own game and then but but you know call it something else um or, or just sort of like you know, for for a different system you might be in some 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 gray area there um right. so what I, what i assume everyone's doing over there is is looking at all of the stuff that exists uh pathfinder second edition starfinder and determining how much of that is actually copy was is basically sort of would fall under an OGL because I've heard this a lot too. It's like you kind of don't necessarily need that kind of stuff. If you're just sort of saying, you know, roll D20 and add a number to it. Um, you know, you don't need to have a license. If you put the license as, as I think, um, was it Eric or Jason might've said that, or maybe even Jim Butler might've said like, like the OGL was, was put into Pathfinder second edition so that other people could make right. Pathfinder second edition stuff. So it just sort of right. makes it essentially like, like a creative commons, uh, but just with the proviso. Yeah. You can't say Galarian, you can't say Aridin, stuff like that. And I've actually heard that that's now because that was the only reason why it's in, it's actually going to be taken out in future printings right. now. So. They're going to, whatever's going forward, they're just not going to have a license there. And then when they reprint stuff, they'll put the ORC license in there. Right. And I, from what I understand, what the ORC license is meant to be is sort of a basic generic framework that it's going to be, it's going to be remain to seeing whether or not how different this is from an actual Creative Commons license um, mm-hmm. and how much you could just 
you know, are they going to have to spend the time to rewrite, rewrite it, re- basically rewrite a Creative Commons license or, or just eventually say, well, the orc is actually just this. <laughs> um, um, and then, and then say, as long as you, all you need to do is put a, this bit of legal boilerplate, b attach sort of a, 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 a section that says this uses our particular system reference document or whatever they end up calling it, uh, that refers to the 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 non technically non copyrightable but our expression of the rules as such as that you are building upon and then mm-hmm. you're good to go uh you can, so anyone so anyone can then sort of fill in that b part with whatever system they've got if it's uh whatever sort of um uh, uh green ronin's fantasy age stuff it's like here's our fantasy age srd blah, blah, here's whatever cobalt press ends up coming up with with their their system this is the mm-hmm. basic reference document for it you know link i don't know if it's gonna have to be like linked to it or just sort of stated somewhere and so you'd have to you know end up finding it but um all of that's just going to be plug and play from how i understand the way everyone wants orc to be you know so it's open right. anyone can take anything and kind of like it, you know as long as you're agreeing to this sort of thing you can take any old system that has it build upon the thing and then put it yourself and say oh this is my system you know this is the system documents i use it's the um, mm-hmm. you know cobalt press black flag system plus my core rule book for the spice fantasy version of black flag uh right. and then anyone else who wants to write adventures for that has to put both of those things on that and you just kind of build upon it and be like this is what thing and these are the mechanics and then there was always a thing that was quite interesting um uh, ogl wise uh having been coming through the editing process just sort of look through it and, and figuring out what was what there were things that we would put in the ogl that were not made by paizo uh, uh some of the early days if there were ever we could use something from i think I think Tome of Horrors is Cobalt Press. This is sort of like a, one of the one of those uh, uh, Tome of Horrors books. We would literally mm. you could use a stat block from Tome of Horrors revised whatever it was for for Pathfinder and put it in an adventure as long as you cited it in the OGL in the back hmm. and and cited it in the stat block. We always cite it. This is from Tome of Horrors page thirty seven. It's the you know the spooky scary uh demon goblin or whatever and and then it would that name of it would just be plopped in the back of the ogl so there's always like um stuff that you needed to make sure that as an editor make sure that the developers knew that what they were doing what was part of their job it was very confusing no one ever i mean not no one but like i never really fully understood which was what and you know which fell under ogl and which didn't um but uh uh there was a there was there were macros and stuff that we could use to sort of like double check right. things. Oh shoot, you know, there's something uh there was always something called a hunter, uh which is specifically a monster, which I believe was no no, that's sorry, trapper. It's the trapper. Um the uh 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 that floor mo- you know from from original D D, the 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 weird floor mm-hmm. abomination uh, that right. would scoop you up. So you'd have to make sure that when you were using the word trapper, you weren't technically referring to that monster because that is technically was one of the Right, protected IPs uh, essentially that you couldn't use, but of course you'd search for it and you'd come up with like three or four instances of someone talking about a woodsman being, you know, trapping some game and whatever. And you're like, okay, that's fine because it's not referring to a that a monster. Anyway, right. uh, it was a really, uh, really roundabout route I went there. Sorry. So, so now I now I have a question. This brings up something. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So if somebody does something under the OGL, right? So the current OGL. So yeah. So say um, 
Alex Agunas writes, you know, uh, his uh, bestry or um, he's got something about, uh, you know, additional Starfinder uh, creatures right. and stuff. Right? Advanced. Yeah, yeah. Now, because it's written under the OGL, Paizo could use that and reference it? Or if, I think so. If you go back and, it was always a tricky thing to, to say whether or not you could use it or not use it in something else. You know, you wanted to, if you were to use it, you'd be technically, you'd have to kind of reprint it essentially. But if you found mm -hmm. a creature somewhere else, it was always kind of an agreement with whatever was happening with Tome of Horrors. I think it was sort of a, sort of like, yeah, we'll use your thing and it'll be cool. And they were like, yeah, fine. Whatever. Okay. So some um, other agreement has to be in place to use I, I, the, the not specific sure. copyrighted <laughs> text. It sounds like then. Essentially. I mean, yeah. If you don't, though, if you don't say somewhere, uh, what your product identity is. And that was always something that kind of happened in the front of the book. It's why you can kind of say, this is all copyrights of Paizo Adventure Path, Adventure Path, you know, Flipmat, the, you know, Flipmats, uh, right. uh, 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 the names of specific Adventure Paths are copyright. So, right. um, or, or product identity and, and are protected through the OGL. So this is why if you were to, I think uh, before Infinite was kind of happened, you'd go, you could go out into say drive through RPG and look for things that would help you run, say, uh, Mommy's Mask, but it would have to be written that said, like, the, uh, you know, uh, 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 you couldn't use Osirian either, but sort of like the tomb raiding, you know, adventures for Pathfinder, additional material, something like that, right? And you'd be like, oh, okay, this is for a certain adventure path. You know, it was always kind of like sneaky that way. Uh, uh, but let people still do it. You could still put stuff in. and that, But if you don't put something like this monster is my product identity, if you get cited back for the OGL, it could be used. I got it, I got it, got it. So you have to make it distinct in whatever you're doing, which yeah. which things you're writing under the OGL and which things are your specific specific to what you've you're doing and you're holding the copyright to. And Essentially, yeah, and it doesn't is, have to necessarily be yeah. like official official copyright. You just say this is product identity in right, somewhere so, in the document. Yeah, so I, I, I've actually taught um, product development, including okay. uh, in, intellectual property for 20 years. And so oh, one of the things with copyrights, wow. as soon as you create it, you actually get yes. a copyright on it. That's you can true. file for additional protections, but right. you don't need to. So you, that's fine. Is is that the difference between copyright and trademark? Because I've never really uh, No, trademark is that. trademark is completely different. And so okay. one of the things that you're talking about when you talk about like the names of APs and stuff, those are all mm -hmm. trademark. And those are mm, yours mm. forever, as long as you claim those as a trademark and, and protect them. Um, the thing with copyrights, I'll tell you, is things that you can't copyright. You can't copyright titles. You can't copyright mm. lists of, of ingredients and things. Right, right. Um, you can't copyright uh, reference lists and stuff. And so when, you, when uh, they talk about game mechanics being copyrighted, um, that's completely legit. Like, copyright doesn't cover that, just the expression that you mentioned. If yeah. you wanted to copy, uh, if you wanted protection for a game mechanic, you'd actually have to patent that. And oh, I right think um, when you are, are looking to patent something, it has to be really novel. So rolling a D20 and, and adding a number to it wouldn't pass that protection yeah. in terms of being novel. So there's other, other aspects. Now, all these things can be challenged in court. And also there's uh, case cases that will show specifics and things like that. And you mentioned uh, with game mechanics, there are specific 
uh, cases involving mm -hmm. simple game mechanics, you know, rolling a die and moving a piece, certain numbers, spaces right, yeah. in, in particular. That's one of the things that has shown that that mechanic can't be protected. And so when people talk about not being able to protect game mechanics, the relatively simple ones, um, I would argue that if it's a very complex one that somebody's developed, that is something that possibly could be protected, but mm -hmm. they would probably have to apply for a patent for that or mm -hmm. try to trademark it. Um, and, yeah. and so those are those are different issues than the copyright, which is what the OGL actually gives. Uh, it's licensing right. a copyright to you. Right. So, yes. so just that's a lot of different things there. But that, that, that's why <laughs> lawyers have to get involved to understand all these aspects to it. So um, given this kind of uh, background that you've mentioned, if Paizo is working on Starfinder now to bring it out from under the OG, uh, OGL 1.0a and bring it to Orc, um, we don't know specific what that's going to take, but it's probably possible because um, there's most of the expressions in there aren't under the SRD. Now, Magic Missile yeah. happens to be one, right? right. Um, but already uh, they have, um, Starfinder has an alternative called uh, Shooting Stars, right? That's true. We could just recall, re just rename it Shooting Stars. So it was happened, we renamed a, like a, 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 a lot of spells, actually. You know, you'll right. find that Fireball is not called Fireball in Starfinder. It, right. it ends up being heat conversion or something along those lines. Right. Um, uh, uh, God, I wish I could remember it now. But you know, so yeah, there wouldn't be like you wouldn't necessarily need to make an entire second edition Starfinder to, I think, to get it out. But I from want under them the to. SRD. Well, look, that's a different thing entirely. That's a different thing entirely. I want them to yeah. as well. Uh, yeah. I, you know, I think I want the three action economy, and I want all. I want all the. That's what the, a lot of the, people want. The crits, right? From that you can get in uh pathfinder yeah. second edition if they brought those two things in plus maybe changed all the species into uh the ancestries right yeah so i mean changing that up I, those are the things i really like about second edition that i, I yeah would hope would come in so anyway yeah i mean yeah. they don't have to yeah, uh, uh, yeah the, whatever whatever it ends up being ends up being there's always like you know uh pros and cons to every sort of way to make path sex starfinder second edition that right. uh i know that i was uh, in discussions about for right a long time um uh and so um so yeah but 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 if we wanted to sort of get it out from the srd i don't i don't know how much we would need to actually change you could just put a different license in the back of the book right essentially maybe some errata thing. Where all the words. Oh yeah, are. yeah. Change the marauder. Well, I mean, you just sort of like, yeah. yeah, okay. Well, this is a magic missile. It's a shooting star. We move it. Yeah, you know, wherever it is, alphabetically fix it here and there, and then be yeah. like, fine. Because I don't think strength, dexterity, constitution, intelligence, wisdom, charisma is necessarily protected under right. the oh, like, well, you know, it's not product identity, right? Mm -hmm. Base tech bonus. I don't think would be product identity. Yeah, um, I don't th so. Right. So they would have had to trademark those terms. And if you try to trademark dexterity, then every instance where somebody uses the word dexterity in print, you'd have to mm -hmm. contest in a court of law, basically. Send them a That's, cease and desist. Not practical. Kind of, yeah. Not practical. No, for not those practical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, there's one, I feel like there's like one, 
Okay, so, well, the word beholder, right, is a word. People don't use it very often because it is sort of an antique word, but uh, the concept of beholder as a monster is product identity. I think the word beholder can't, obviously, because it's just a word. Right. Right. So you couldn't, you wouldn't, the creature beholder, you could. Yes. The creature is because that is a specific uh, 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 expression, essentially, that for whatever reason, wizards decided to uh, uh, make theirs. Um, but I mean, dragon, it, they couldn't do. Dragon, dwarf, they could do because it's also in, it's dwarf. In, they can't. Elf, they can't. Yeah, all that stuff is you know also myth and legend. Right. And all that predates like that, right? wizards. All that predates so. exactly. Yeah, all, yeah. Dungeon, predates Dungeons and Dragons existence, right? Yes. Um, you could you so, could argue it's it's all that's all been available for hundreds of years, and yes, and, you would. Yeah, you can't copyright that kind of stuff. Right. You could have pre OGL. Made a game that had dragon dexterity, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, about dwarves and elves and humans fighting dragons, and, and used a d twenty. And while I'm sure whoever, you know, I guess probably would have TSR at the time would have looked askance at you, and you would have been looked askance at probably by the fan, you know, the community maybe. But if it was like technically a better expression of the of the of the game, you went out because people would just be wanting to play it more. Um, where was I going? Oh, yeah. So um, we, essentially like another printing of Starfinder could just have... I, I, think, that, I think the Magic Missile thing is kind of n- new even. I don't think it was product identity because that's why it's in Starfinder first edition in the first place, right? right. That's why it's still in Pathfinder mm-hmm. second edition. It's not that phrase has never been product identity. They're trying to sort of like make it newly product identity recently and that's getting into the whole wizards and OGL thing but um mm. uh, but with with some again i but i'm i'm the lawyer I, there could be like some stuff in there that that's way yeah. more closer to the product identity than i than i know about that would require more right. of a rewrite but i think you could just technically reprint the book wow well so i'll say I'm a little disappointed then that we might not get a second edition sooner if that's because they're going to do well, the simplest thing to get out from under the OGL now. Yeah. Yeah. They're not going to doesn't. Complete. That wouldn't mean that a second edition couldn't come later, obviously. But like yeah. making a new edition of a game, even if you are basing it off of an edition, say, Pathfinder second edition, for instance, basing it off that, it took, it took a good long time, two years ish, to make Starfinder first edition. And that was based off of Pathfinder first edition, which had a lot of, you know, right. the math, you know, they, but, but with tweaks, I would want to see a Starfinder second edition that is a an evolution of Pathfinder second edition, the way that first right. Star, Starfinder first edition was kind of an evolution of Pathfinder first edition, the way that Pathfinder second edition is kind of an evolution of Starfinder right. um, in a lot of ways. Um, it would be, I got to tell you, so uh, in 2020, uh, 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 this is this is not going to be worried about Ezra India because it's something I did by myself at home. Um, I started thinking about the ideas of second edition sort of was come, had been out for like a couple months and I had, you know, played some of the play tests earlier. So I've kind of had a lot of ideas and I started thinking about the idea of what would be, what would a Starfinder second edition look like if it were hewed fairly close to Pathfinder second edition and started a project of my own at home to do a kind of in between step, uh, uh, to make a, uh, uh, a game, because because the thing about you know fantasy and science science fiction is like there's like a weird 
gap and you've got to do other things. So what I sort of started making was this kind of uh, post-apocalyptic game. But I wanted to look at like, well, that's got to have vehicle combat. And that would sort of maybe be reflective right. of starship combat and all this other stuff. And then there would be more guns than it would be, say, in in Pathfinder 2nd Edition, because that is more about swords and stuff like that. But you'd have to have melee weapons, too, because... You know, you, you know, you've played plenty of Starfinder yeah. characters that are yeah, yeah. melee focused. Uh, it doesn't have to be all about guns. And uh, made a couple classes and did some stuff like that. And it is um, feasible to do that. And then it required a lot more work. And and I actually did a couple playtests of it. Uh, and it works to do that. But it like what I did was, I mean, I was I was really focused for like a, <laughs> for, for 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 a difference. I was really focused for a while uh, uh, about this and 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 wrote up. It was like, oh, I'll just make this a ten level class, but I'm only going to write up the first couple level, first level because I'm just sort of play testing as I go. Um, so there's a lot, there's tons of more work that could be done with this system that I have. But again, it is, it, it's still going to take time. You know, it still take a, a a bunch of time, whether or not you're porting it over or something like that it probably will do right now starfinder 1.5 or whatever is going to be the sort of the easiest transition because you know i mean the starfinder team currently is like three people so there's no time you know to, in order to do that you, and also you and what do you I do in the do meantime infinite version of this whenever they announce what they're doing i mean i i thought i mean that was a little bit before infinite and i have yeah i haven't gone back to it but i i i, I have like kind of like at one point, I, I vaguely talked to Owen a little bit about it, um, and he was like, "Oh, because I was like, I don't know what to do now with it. I, it's sort of there. It could be we could finish it. I don't know. But I mean, yeah. if you were <laughs> if you're interested in, in helping me out, um, I ran I, it, I actually ran it on a stream, 2021, I think it was. I ran it for Cosmic Crit, um, mm -hmm. and part of the problem is, is that it was, it's a little too unfocused in terms of like what the setting is and what I wanted to do right. with it. Cause I was going with like this slightly different kind of apocalypse and slightly different kind of like, and then I kind of like my own stuff got in there, uh, my own personal stuff in there. So it ended up being more about uh, this abandoned amusement park <laughs> than anything yeah. else. And so it, it was, it, yeah, it, it got too much. And then I was like, I don't know what I'm doing with it. Uh, and then I kind of threw my hands up and walked away from it because uh, of my, the way my brain works. Mm -hmm. No, I'm not good I, I at something love, right away. I kind of walk away from it. <laughs> yeah, I love post post apocalyptic <laughs> settings. In fact, I've been I always asked developers about that if we're ever going to get one. And the interesting thing: Are you familiar with Luminant Age at all? I've heard of it. Yes. Yeah. So that's no, a I don't know campaign setting being developed for second mm -hmm. edition. That is kind yeah. of a post apocalyptic setting. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah, so it's it's but it's designed for second edition folks where you've yeah. had this really advanced um kind of society and civilization develop and then kind of fall back down. Right, yeah, yeah. Um I so. mean I mean Bill Bullman already put out what did he call it? He called it Hope Finder, yeah. which was kind of like yeah, yeah. a zombie apocalypse situation. Yeah, yeah. So anyway. Uh sounds cool. Yeah, I, I guess, you know, I was thinking as I'm working on this project um, that I'm working on now and getting ready to finish, I'm thinking, man, I hope this isn't the last thing I get to write for Starfinder because uh, the OGL crushes it. And then I found, oh, okay, that's not going to happen. Well, then maybe we need to convert everything to uh, work under a new OGL. But now you're saying, well, maybe it can just be some errata and some I minor think, changes. I mean, I, I, Again, I don't know what they're planning. I'm sure they might, uh, Python might be taking this opportunity to really ramp up the second edition 
talks. But, Seems a couple but, years early. I mean, right? Pathfinder, it was year 10 when second edition came out. And Starfinder is just getting up to year yes. six. Yes, so. but to be honest, Pathfinder first edition was real creaky by tenth by the tenth year, and I I bet yeah. you ask anybody there would probably would have liked to have done it about two three years earlier anyway. Right. Um, <clears throat> and you know, to be frank, I think Starfinder inherited a lot of that creakiness, and so mm-hmm. it came into the scene already actually weirdly like older than it technically was right. you know yeah the math um, and, the math is a little wonky at certain levels and things yeah i mean yeah. you look at certain <laughs> certain design documents and it's like well this technically at a first level a weapon should do negative damage i'm like okay yeah. well that math is weird <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah well that would be <laughs> neat that would be neat if uh if we saw coming out from this i you know i was just thinking for from paizo's part if i if i had renewed interest in non wizards of the coast products mm-hmm. and i was introducing stuff that came under orc that mm-hmm. i would want to launch a new product line a new addition for starfinder just because just to build on all that get people to buy all those new all those new things you know yeah yeah i think that the license has got to be come first anyway and that is oh yeah it has to quick. and that's gonna be months to do yeah yeah it's gonna take months to do but it also needs to happen quickly whereas a new edition of a game cannot happen that quickly right um right and so uh the 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 fact of the matter is like orc's gonna the orc license is gonna come out and there's not gonna necessarily be anything there'll be like a new probably you know this maybe that won't coincide with the pathfinder second edition book per se because right. i think this is going to come out and then like treasure vault comes out in like June or something like that. And that has been sent to the printer and right. has the OGL in the back of it. So like, it's going to take time. And then, so, so orc will be around a little bit for the people who are creating new stuff and, and, right. and like, for instance, well, I mean, I don't know if Cobalt Pret's black flag thing is going to be existing with the same time, but they're going to be able to introduce it. Cause I yeah. don't know if they, it does kind of feel like they had something in their back pocket, honestly. It does um, because the, yeah. the way they were talking about it I was like, no, well, well, th- we, this come come play test it in February. I'm like play test it already. You say, hmm, okay, what is that all about? Um, uh, and whether or not sort of like I know that um, Green Ronin's Fantasy Age Second Edition actually comes out next month as well, mm-hmm. and uh, they'll probably I don't think any of their Age stuff was published under OGL, but I know their Mutants and Mastermind stuff has the OGL in the back of the book, right? Um, right. And that is the, obviously one of the things that's completely different than than like i think it might have the strength intelligence and whatever all it but like right. the game that game works differently than mm-hmm. at least the, the newer the newer editions of it work differently than D and and pathfinder you know obviously that's just it's you're rolling your 20 and adding a number to it but but like the way things it's right. all it's a diff, again a different expression uh uh because it is, that's kind of essentially like a point by system it's a class you know it's classless and right. whatever um so so we're gonna say i think by necessity because to to sort of we can't get away from not talk we can't get away from talking about wizards of the coast about this because this is credit but like it does seem like ogl 1.08 is going to be deauthorized i think that's what they want that's that's their goal and all of it right um so that they can do whatever there is they're doing um so we uh, everyone else needs to be prepared for this and that's why that orc stuff has to happen like yeah yeah kind of quickly well, my 
my thinking on this, and this is purely selfish on my part, is sure I'm I'm finally becoming an established freelancer, and now if people are doing all kinds of new stuff because mm. of the of work. I can be on the ground level of a lot of things, like the new Mutants and Masterminds, the new Starfinder, the new whatever. So I'm getting pretty stoked. <laughs> I heard when when the Orc license stuff was announced, I got very excited. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I personally, and I haven't like done much, you know, I said I haven't done much in the way of freelance. I, I did turn over something to that what might eventually go to Infinite like in December. So I was like, oh, is this going to even happen? Eh, it doesn't really matter. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, but I got excited about the idea of like, oh, maybe this, maybe that. You know, it's just sort of the right. idea. I, I've been thinking, I'll, I'll say it here instead of putting it out on Discord. But like, if there's anybody out there who wants some like design help uh, on something that's completely new, um, hit me up. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I kind of I want to be on the ground floor of something, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. Or, or I make something myself, then put myself on the ground floor. You know, like, that's that's another way to do it. No, it's it's uh, it's a scary time for people, but I think it's an exciting time too. Once we get through this this initial period here, this is this is like akin a, 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 a bit to like space travel, right? To be it's terrifying out there because it's space and space wants to kill you. But if you're on the, if you're among the first people out there, you know, you, you, you get to be part of something that is, that is, that is a sea change to, to the industry, which is exciting and tiring <laughs> and it's just straight up exhausting. Uh, you know, I, I'm excited about the fact that this is happening. I don't know how much more I can read about it, <laughs> yeah. uh, but uh, I, uh, you know, it's part of my, not my part of my job, but it's part of my industry and, and I got to keep abreast of it. All right. Well, um, this was great. Um, we yeah. deviated from our normal program a bit. Um, yeah. we'll, we'll try to get back to that, uh, next episode. More fun Starfinder weirdness next week, <laughs> next time. All right. I'm John. And I'm Jason. And this has been Digital Divination. Digital Divination.